This podcast is brought to you by Ironbow Technologies with support from Dell and Intel. And it's produced in collaboration with government executive media groups, Studio 2G. AI is transforming the way agencies serve their citizens. And Ironbow Technologies is here to help. Find out how at learn.ironbow.com forward slash AI. When it comes to security, government agencies can never be too careful. From SolarWinds to Microsoft Exchange, federal organizations have faced a year of breaches that have set off the clear need to rethink their security posture. And they're turning to AI for assistance. How are they doing it? That's what we'll be discussing on today's episode of Machine Momentum, a podcast where we aim to demystify artificial intelligence and machine learning for government leaders. I'm Jim Smid, Chief Technology Officer at IMO Technologies, and joining me today to talk about how agencies can leverage AI and ML to enhance their security posture is my colleague, Rob Chi, Director of Cybersecurity here at IMBO Technologies. Rob, thanks for taking the time to chat today. Thanks, Jim. Looking forward to the conversation. Great. Thanks, Rob. Uh, I want to just rewind a little bit. In podcast one, we talked about differentiating AI and machine learning. Uh, these concepts have been around for a while, but they're taking on a lot of momentum. And I wonder if you could just kind of refresh how these concepts pertain to security for us. Yeah, when you're looking at artificial intelligence in a whole and machine learning being a portion of that or a subset of that, really what we're talking about from a security perspective is really utilizing the machine learning, whether it's supervised machine learning or partially unsupervised machine learning to really automate it and bring in a lot of the inputs from the different security appliances. And then from there, be able to pull out relevant information so that a security analyst's life is made a lot easier based on a lot of the repetitive tasks, as well as the whole concept of being able to find a needle in a haystack being done for them and really presenting them with the relevant information that they need to really start their threat hunting or investigation of different particular malicious attacks against them. And presenting that to them in a manner that does, is not like a whole screen of like the matrix trying to read through that, but instead is graphically pleasing and allows them to be able to just intuitively be able to move through the process of really defining what happened and what needs to be done. Next question is for government uh, CISOs. Um, security is always top of mind, but when security threats and the breaches are running rampant, Anything you could fill us in on on how AI can prevent cyber attacks or what they should be asking your vendors and partners? Yeah, the big thing there is the ability for machine learning to, and taking not only machine learning, but looking at the user entity and behavior analytics as part of that and be able to understand what is normal for either a particular user in their role or servers as well. And then from there, be able to use that baseline of understanding of what is normal and then looking at the attack and seeing where anomalies have actually occurred and be able to use machine learning to be able to do all of that analysis in the background and then taking in different security appliances, whether they're the endpoint detection and response tools that may be used to be able to have very deep, narrow focus on endpoints that have these agents on them and to have a full understanding of what's happening on that particular end computer. But then also looking at from a network perspective and understanding what's normal and what's anomalous from a network, maybe with a network detection and response type of tool. 
And then from there, using machine learning, in this case, maybe a supervised machine learning where you're saying, okay, well, we have all this raw data from the endpoints, from the network, and now being able to use a tool that is able to analyze that using machine learning and taking in different things like indications of compromise, which are known parameters associated with a particular attack. And we'll be able to apply that information to this raw data from an endpoint perspective and a network perspective. And then from there, be able to say, well, given this information, we know that this particular attack looks like it was actually making its way into our environment. But then it's also looking at not only these IOCs that are available from different places, but understanding the different tactics, techniques, and procedures that are being used for adversaries that may be in that particular industry that you're supporting. And the MITRE ATT&CK framework really provides a great framework for providing all of that information and bringing that into a tool that incorporates machine learning along with all this raw data really shows value to be able to allow the machine to be able to do all the analysis, to take in all these different disparate inputs and turn that into something that may be able to provide the information required to get to the root cause analysis associated with an attack much more quickly than if it's done manually by a security analyst or even a team of security analysts. Sure, that makes perfect sense, Rob. We discussed a little bit in the first podcast, kind of this iterative process or you know, kind of that walk-run mentality for anything AI, and it involves trust. So what's the role of the security experts and the partners like Ironbow for taking that walk-run mentality and making sure you're eliminating false positives? You can trust that your AI is doing the right things. Yeah, that's a big one. I mean, that, that's been with uh, security from the very beginning. When you're looking at vulnerability management, IPS, there's always going to have to be a human element in there to be able to really determine, like you're saying, is this a false positive or is it a true positive? And what we're seeing in the industry right now is this new term called extended detection and response, really taking in all of these different inputs. And the challenge is that it's a very new technology. It's uh, taking in all these inputs, doing everything I just explained with it, being able to say all this data that is even more available with APIs that are being created. And, and the fact that all the newer security technologies have everything from a configuration as well as a reporting perspective available to manipulate and to view from a GUI, but also having all of that functionality also available via APIs for a tool like an XDR, extended detection and response tool to be able to input. But one of the biggest challenges there, and we see this um, from our customers that may be adopting that, is that because it's such a new technology, there is a big problem with the potential for false positives. It's great technology, it can give you potential avenues where attacks may be occurring, but there is a, a problem where false positives may be at a higher rate. And so it's like any other new technology. It is definitely, a, a like you brought up before, a crawl, walk, run approach where these uh, new technologies are giving you so much information and saving you so much time as far as the initial analysis. But with any new technology, it is something that is going to require a lot of initial security analysts being able to say, all right, well, you've saved me all this time doing all this manual repetitive tasks that I needed to do. And you've done that automatically and presented me with this information. So inevitably, whether they're all false positives or not, it's saving a lot of time from a security analyst and really reducing the amount of alert fatigue that they may have where they're looking at these alerts every day and eventually they're just like, I can't take it anymore. But so the machine learning is helping with that. 
but there are still going to be false positives. It's still going to be something where the security analyst at the very beginning of the crawl phase is going to have to validate a lot of the findings that are being provided with machine learning and these XDR tools. But as we move through that and go from a crawl, which the vendors are innovating very rapidly because with these XDR tools, inevitably, they're going to be cloud-based, which is going to very quickly speed up the innovation cycle. You're not going to have to have a product that you have to wait for a customer to be able to upgrade to get to the new version. The new version is just constantly being innovated because these products are in the cloud. So as that's occurring, the crawl to the walk to the run is probably going to happen much more quickly, but we are definitely still in the crawl phase of that evolution with these types of tools. Yeah, great. That whole idea of trust, saving time and making sure you have accuracy. How about in terms of everything we've gone through this last year, a lot of uh, our agencies are in a hybrid or a full remote. Is this changing really how uh, AI can be used within cybersecurity? No, this is actually a, a great opportunity for AI to, or machine learning to be able to take advantage of these users that are coming in from many different locations and being able to have another reason from a, a funding perspective to be able to add in maybe like an endpoint detection response tool to these users that are remote that could be coming in from any location and really moving down towards incorporating machine learning with a whole zero trust type of architecture where it's, it's not like a snap your fingers and it's implemented, but it's a roadmap, a path towards uh, higher levels of security. And with these users being remote, you add an endpoint detection response tool onto their, their end computer. It defines um, what location they're coming from, as well as their authentication and the device they're using, ties all that in and presents that to maybe a software-defined perimeter tool that they're using to define whether they're allowed access or require patches to their computer, perhaps, before they're allowed access. All that information being fed into a maybe XDR tool for machine learning aspect and all that rich data being sent in, allowing the end user to be able to access resources internally much more securely. But then also on the flip side, if something does happen, even with all those protections in place, if it is detected that malicious attacks are coming from that computer inbound, with a machine learning solution in place, you're able to much more quickly identify that it is that computer that is causing the problem. And once that one computer, with the beauty of machine learning algorithms, as well as having a platform that supports machine learning, is that as soon as it's detected in one place, because of that rich data sets that's being collected, as well as the ability to analyze that data with machine learning, you're able to be able to then say, okay, well, the parameters associated with this particular computer are set and we have a set of IOCs associated with this attack. And within seconds, you're able to identify all other particular computers that may have those exact same parameters. And depending on the levels of automation, like that crawl, walk, run we were talking about earlier, you could lock them down so that the root cause analysis is done much more quickly and you're able to stop that attack from occurring from other vulnerable computers that meet that same profile as the computer that was initially detected as having an attack, being the, the start of an attack coming into an organization. Great. How about governance, Rob? Uh, does that play a role in how you're going to implement AI? Or are there anything agencies need to look out as it relates to governance? Yeah, from a data governance perspective, it's definitely something where the visibility provided by artificial intelligence and machine learning and all that raw data and the ability not just to have that raw data, but you'll be able to identify 
who is accessing different data resources, when they're accessing those resources, and whether they were authorized to access those resources. So it's, all, it's almost like you have a data governance tool that creates your policy, but then you need something to be able to check that and make sure that the policy that was enacted is actually being enforced. So um, in this case, machine learning can definitely show how the monitoring aspect of data governments can be validated. And this goes to not only looking at it from a data governance perspective, but also looking at it from a compliance perspective and being something that can provide the, given that all the data that is being collected, a, a means of providing the reports as well as the actual information to meet compliance control requirements. And kind of when you look at it from that perspective, that really is a spirit of compliance. You're trying to make sure that everything that should be in your security policy is there and you're just providing validation of those best practices security policies. Rob, a lot of good information here. Maybe just a couple takeaways or recommendations for agencies moving forward as they're putting intelligence into their security posture. Yeah, one of the big things is that a lot of the ways that machine learning is innovating and being introduced is very early days. It's very cloud-based and uh, may not be able to immediately be brought to bear for DOD, but may be able to be brought in for a, a civilian organization or somewhere that may not require FedRAMP because the way that these different tools incorporating machine learning are being introduced is inevitably going to be in the cloud. And from there, they're trying to innovate these solutions as quickly as possible. So waiting for a DOD or a civilian organization, looking at the different vendors that you're interested in and understanding from them when their solutions may be FedRAMP ready, moving towards a FedRAMP moderate kind of role is going to be important. But having said that, one of the things that you should definitely look at is not looking at machine learning as something that you need to throw out your existing security appliances and purchase new appliances that are machine learning ready. But instead, look at it from a holistic view, look at what you have from a defense in depth, all your security appliances, and look at which appliances are API driven or are able to be able to make configuration changes as well as be able to provide reporting as well as data information via APIs, which is going to be a critical factor when you're looking at taking a lot of the data that's provided from these security appliances and providing them to a data store that can be ingested by an appliance or a, a platform that incorporates machine learning and providing the richness of that data into that data store to be analyzed by a machine learning engine and then from there be able to provide value as far as identifying potential attacks, as well as maybe uh, misconfigurations. And then from there, taking that crawl, walk, run approach to be able to first allow from an operational standpoint, the understanding, the education on how this new tool can best be used. And then from there, expand from maybe a pilot to a larger environment and really be able to see the, the value as you grow and iterate through a number of potential failures associated with the, the product and be able to address those in a smaller environment and allow those lessons learned from those iterations to be then taken as you grow out to a more production environment. But then with that also, always have in the back of your mind the flexibility that this is an evolving space. Secu cybersecurity in general is rapidly evolving. 
And uh, this is even more quickly, rapidly evolving. So um, being able to be flexible in your approach towards using machine learning as a cybersecurity tool. Rob, thanks so much for being here today. I feel like we really just scratched the surface. Be sure to tune in next time as I sit down with James Ebler, Chief Technology Officer at DOD at Ironbow. And thanks to our listeners. Machine Momentum is a production of GovExec Studio 2G in collaboration with Ironbow Technologies and support from Dell and Intel. If you like this episode, you can find more on govexec.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Machine Momentum Podcast. The Machine Momentum Podcast is brought to you by Ironbow Technologies with support from Dell and Intel. It's produced in collaboration with government executive media group Studio 2G. AI is transforming the way agencies serve their citizens. Find out how Ironbow Technologies and its network of trusted partners are helping agencies unlock the power of AI at learn.ironbow.com forward slash AI.